Okay, so just to get it out of the way, the name Ballistic Autistic is partially true of my overall personality because I can definitely, <laughs> uh, my wife would definitely put it nicely, maybe a temper tantrum? I don't know. <laughs> no, she, um, oh my god, my wife is amazing. So, no, yeah, I mean, there are times, you know, I uh, I guess I should just jump into it. I am a 31-year-old autistic male. I don't know. Do I still, do you still say he, him? I don't get these whole pronoun things, but that's beyond the point and scope of what we're trying to cover. This is just meant to be kind of like overall my thoughts. This will be completely anonymous. I don't think there's really need to put a name to this. You know, this is just going to be a fun little thing. I talk about my thoughts, talk about my life experiences as like, someone who's grown up on the spectrum. Um, actually, and I'm very fortunate uh, to be high functioning on the spectrum. It really sucks because it's like Asperger's is not really the thing anymore. It's more or less all about. Um, everything's just blanketed now as the ASD autism spectrum disorder. I feel like I got my like special niche taken away from me, which wasn't like something I knew until recently. Like, cause I started to really be part of, um, joining like the subreddit groups of Asperger's and, um, autism on Reddit and like, Oh, that's not really a thing anymore. It's just all ASD autism spectrum disorder. I'm like, Oh, I lost my fun little word that sound really funny. Like Asperger's Asperger's. No, asp. There's a P in there. Uh, uh, well, anyway, so a big part of my I my goal with this show is yeah, again, talk about my life experiences. Hopefully, leave some encouragement for those who you know deal with uh, living and with it, autism and growing up on the spectrum, and because it's such a, I mean, spectrum of us <laughs> out there. Um, so hopefully that all works out, and I'm just gonna have fun with this. So. I guess kind of like the main thing, I grew up with it. I wasn't diagnosed till I was up in the fourth grade. I'm 31 now, so keep in mind, it was a brand new thing up in the 90s of autism, let alone because of my high-functioningness. High-functioningness? That's not a word. But being high-functioning, just being labeled with Asperger's, being an Aspie. And, uh, yeah, that was... Actually, really revealing because, you know, there's just no idea. I was really fortunate. Oh, man, going to school was so difficult. I was bullied. I mean, you know, when you're different, you're obviously going to be bullied. There's really kind of no avoiding that. Like, especially me going through that, it stopped as soon as I kind of, like, stood up for myself. So, uh, I'm not. I'm definitely anti-bullying because there's definitely a certain level where uh, you kind of need to... Like, there's definitely boundaries of what you should be doing to get away with, you know, kids are super, kids suck when they're little, and teenagers, and then, you know, they don't get out of that, then they suck as adults, too. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, so, yeah, so growing up, getting, fighting the school district, getting help, especially at that time, it's like, only kid, that's kind of like, like that, and then jumping around with different, you know, needs, I didn't really get good help until middle school and high school because I got to go to a really great program that was like run by or at least um, taught by I, I can't figure out how it was run by but at least there was two teachers that were specifically trained to work with kids with you know autism and ADHD and other um, behavioral slash learning disabilities and that was really awesome because the big part was the program um, 
you know, you still had your core classes where you do like they try to get you slowly full blown like regular general ed or the general classes with the regular students and then like half your classes were also with the students that were with the learning disabilities. But part of that program too is like we had a, an actual behavioral therapist come in and we do like role playing. That was like the biggest help growing up was the behavioral therapist. So when I've done public speaking um, about, you know, what's helped me growing up and, you know, what parents need to do to help their kids. Like I was like, you know, therapies because especially it's like, and I think this is kind of pretty true and I'm going to throughout my podcast, I'm definitely going to speak in brushes of general generalizations. Guess what? If it doesn't apply to you, don't get upset. Obviously, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about stereotypes and generalizations. People do that to get the conversation moving along because, you know, that's just how it is. Like, Jesus Christ, don't get upset. Generally, ha, uh, that's just, uh, that's, Behavioral therapy really, really helped because, you know, you, the role-playing was the big advantage because you learn the rules, especially as someone on the spectrum, and I feel like it's pretty much true. It's like we're kind of brought up that there's rules that you're supposed to follow, societal rules, behavioral rules, and because we have a difficulty, like, linking our behavior to what's not acceptable, that role-playing really, really helps. So by doing that and learning how to communicate with other students, how to communicate with other teachers, because like obviously our teachers were trained to understand like, oh, he didn't really mean it in that way. Like this is what he meant. I mean, and I had to deal with that all through growing up and through elementary school, like like just teachers not understanding where I was coming from. I mean, that's just purely what it was. They didn't get me. And I obviously didn't know how to communicate correctly either. So, I mean, that was the big advantage of going through those programs that I was really fortunate in. And there's definitely a feel like I, w- I have no idea how many programs are like that today, but it's like if there's a program available like that for any kid, you know, if this is a parent or someone else, like I really hope that, you know, they are able to find that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, 31, uh, married now 11 years uh, to an, again, amazing wife <laughs> who puts up with me and all my quirkiness that's for sure and then always upbuilding and encouraging i mean on our first date i totally just came straight on just like hey just to let you know if this really wants to go any further i uh yeah i have autism i have asperger's and she was like super awesome she's like I'm like okay I don't, and she didn't get it and, but she like dived right into researching really what that meant and uh you know she's like all right you know you're just quirky and yeah so like, my family still, I get a lot of passes on my behavior, unfortunately, still, from my family on, like, oh, he's just autistic, like, yeah, maybe, but I'm also either trying to crack a joke, or I am being a little rude, but, oh well, that's no here, then we're there. But just as someone that grown up, you know, it just sucks, because when you see those that are struggling... And, you know, I know I get to, I'm really fortunate for being as high functioning as I am. Especially if there's, like, such a large talent pool. Like, I, I don't, I'm not blessed with any, like, the really good gifts of autism. Like, I'm not, like, I'm nerdy and geeky and, like, well, definitely come off intelligent in some conversations because I definitely love absorbing information. You know, statistics and facts and news articles and science articles and 
and I spend a lot of time on the internet. But I mean, my you know, there's still a lot of those, and it, it predominantly males on the spectrum, like that, you know, are lower functioning. Like that's why you know I really like some of the shows, kind of that you know kind of reflect you know life with autism. So like Atypical on Netflix and that new show that. Well, uh, love, yeah, love on the spectrum, love on the spectrum, yeah, love on the spectrum. That dating show, uh, following some people, um, uh, in Australia, I think, yeah, they were Australia, and so, like, seeing just how different I am from them is just kind of like, just shows reminds me, like, oh, I'm really fortunate of, you know, not having it as bad, but at the same time, because it's not as bad, it really kind of sucks sometimes because you feel like, do I fit in that, like? With them, you kind of see the disability in their actions, whereas me, it's so intermittent. Where, or and even to some, might be minute to the point where it's like, do you have autism? So it's like I don't get that benefit of like, oh, you look or sound autistic, or you come off as autistic. They're like, oh, maybe it's just one point. Yeah, you just come off like a jerk. And like, or other times you're like, all right, just unusual. But yeah, no, that's the only thing that can kind of suck. But you know dealing with those that have a hard time, you know, living on their own and coping on their own or literally just want that sense of community, commu- uh, uh, community. Oh man, I'm editing that. It is what it is. I don't really want to edit this. Uh, but going back. So I always had this really awesome idea, which I wish I could find a way, maybe as I continue to make these po- this podcast and I try to reach out and figure this whole thing out, I really g- wish that there was a, a system in place, maybe a way to create, um, not necessarily business, but a community oriented around helping those that have a hard time living on their own, but obviously don't want to deal with loneliness. So, like, basically the idea is to have, like, this awesome campus or maybe, like, a dormitory or some sort. I guess it realistically would work best as, like, an apartment, small apartment complex dormitory style where, like, each tenant has, like, their own space, maybe, like, a couple hundred square feet. So it's not, like, tiny. We don't – they don't – want prison cell <laughs> we don't want prison cell size rooms you know they, they need their space so they can decorate and work and that would be like the awesome part is that they're able to work from home especially now with covid everyone works from home so like but the idea was that like you have a system in place in this dormitory where you know if they're not the best at let's say housekeeping there's housekeeping system uh, assistance available and or cooking so make sure that they don't have horrible diets because diet a uh, good diet was for some um it's really important. Like me, I like I've experimented a little bit, like with probiotics and different stuff. I love done research on that, and I'll probably talk about that in another podcast. But like, so dietary help, and then also like I mentioned before in the earlier podcast, like about doing the behavioral therapy part. So there's a therapy or therapist, behavioral therapist, or even just straight up therapists or psychologists available on site, or that you know there's like an office space in the building to do to help them out um, with you know, whatever they're going through. But also what would be really amazing is because it's kind of crazy. The unemployment in the U S is for those on the spectrum. It's like 80 plus percent. I can't, I can't remember the exact statistic. I know it's definitely over 80. I think it's like 85, not quite 90%. Um, so between 80 and 90%, but anyway, but to have a system in place where that you have like, because obviously there's an amazing talent and a lot of them are in tech. So like a lot of us are males that are on the spectrum and a lot of us really love technology and a lot of us are great with computers. Me, I'm mediocre, but I seem like 
I should be working for Apple Genius morning my mom grows. Like, oh, you figured it out. I'm not that great with computers. I'm okay. I'm definitely very highly proficient, and I can do a lot of my own stuff. But as soon as you need a viral removal, definitely don't come to me. You need to go to someone that's way better at what they're doing. Anyway, so jumping back. Oh, my gosh, I go all over the place. Jumping back. The idea would be to have someone who can advocate for them or basically help them with employment, get them the job, but also be the go-between between the employer and the person on the spectrum that would be the employee. So if they're having issues with, like, an HR issue, for as a prime example, like, say they're, you know, there's a issue with hygiene or some other thing, or there was a misunderstanding between another employee with the communications, you know, help them out with, like, you know, advocating for them so that way, like, to help with that employment position. And then maybe even just have the whole building set up where they can work from home. So you know, good security information and have these guys, you know, work on the security of the building. Like make that whole place like, you know, kinda like let the crazies run the insane asylum. So help them, you know, give them the freedom to, you know, do what they need to because it's really meant to be their safe haven, their fortress of solitude with their, you know, their community, their village and, you know, help them out so that way the infrastructure of it is what they need to, you know, function and be comfortable in, you know, let them, you know, have those basic systems in place, but encourage them to, you know, do their own, you know, movie parties or, you know, theme parties or whatever that they need to do, you know, have them take some responsibility and encourage that community among themselves. You know, obviously they're going to be some that are more reclusive, but, you know, help them out. So that way, you know, really finding that niche and ability to encourage one another and, you know, have that, again, community is the big thing. So you don't feel like you're just tossed out by society and that you have don't have a place. <laughs> Find these uh, brilliant minds, you know, because that, you know, there's a lot of similar interests that people don't realize. Like some, you know, I mean, here's a perfect example of, you know, Love on the Spectrum. One guy's like super uh, insanely obsessed with dinosaurs, you know finding, helping them, you know, that's probably such a niche thing, but I'm sure that, you know, there can be things as tour guides or other examples of that, you know, where you can help them with employment. Bottom line is to be, like, the advocate for them and negotiating even, like, their uh, salaries if need be in some, like, say, a big tech industry where they're doing coding or whatever. So, you know, take some of the paycheck that'll cover, you know, their housing and all that, and then the rest of it goes into some sort of trust where that way, you know, it's not being stolen from them, you know. Um, and so that way, you know, they have their spending money, but at least then, you know, their daily necessities are taken care of. Um, and obviously, like, something like this would not like, require regular auditing to prevent, you know, people, like, that's just, like, what's the thing that sucks. Like, everything gets corrupted, and there's always someone sleazy that gets involved and unscrupulous characters. So, I mean, I think there's just, there. it's definitely got to be a way to set something like that up and then, you know, I mean, I mean, like I said, it's just like this grandiose idea. And maybe it's not realistic. Maybe it is. I mean, I hope it is. Maybe I can figure out a way to make it happen down the line. I mean, I mean, just the, the overall concept just makes a lot of sense to me. Like having a place that, you know, where parents know, because that's the concern with a lot of parents is their concern is, What's going to happen to my kid when I die? You know, if I'm not there to take care of them, who's going to take care of them? Like, is the government going to take care of them? Like, we see how well the government handles a lot of stuff. And, 
you know, some programs are great, but usually they're more in a minor assistance in a way. Like they're not hand over foot guiding and encouraging them per se. They're not instrumental in a sense of the every aspect of their life. Whereas like what I'm talking about is like a, again, like that, that support system that is there and accessible 24 seven. And that and same thing that having that community there 24 seven and eventually expanding. And then that, that would be brilliant. It's like you go into major areas that have, you know, where, you know, they can be helped and hopefully, you know, it's not just tech industry guys, but guys who also have talents and other things, whether they're artist, artist, artistic, artistic, <laughs> artistic, or, um, you know, specializes, uh, uh, in just like a very niche knowledge. I mean, there's always a place for everyone, I feel. And, you know, especially in this day and age with technological day and age where it's, you know, things with podcasting, things with social media, there's just, a way to find your place and also capitalize on it like i mean you know it's not always about necessarily becoming rich but it's also just about making that livelihood available so it's like you're not on the street either so i mean something i can hopefully figure out or you know maybe people hear about this and they're able to you know contribute make it this a reality it's like i don't need to be a hard part of it 100 percent or a, any percentage like i just would love to hear and know about something like this that existed and you know encourage people to find and search out i mean i guess that's just you know the hopeful side of me that's not the general pessimist that i sometimes or realist pessimist it's a combination of both that i sometimes am I don't know. That's just like one idea, you know, just part of my interest. Like hopefully like something like that happens and doing more public speaking on the matter would be really fun. But uh, yeah, I guess just kind of getting back to me a little bit more. It's like besides that, like I just get so focused on these different ideas. I mean, that's kind of happens with kind of anything I get into. Like I love finding new hobbies. <laughs> um it's like, what's the next expensive hobby you'll get into? It's like, I don't know how much money is in the bank account. Uh, I mean, I've had a lot of fun. Like right now, I, like my favorite, really, I'm just super obsessed with it. I'm in love a lot right now. Is um, I'm in super into archery right now, and uh, I'm just having a lot of fun with that. I would love to do um, a tournament, but man, COVID's just put a halt to everything. And the thing that's just kind of scary is like, are we getting to the point where we're learning to live with, to function in a pandemic. Like, it's just, it's so crazy, man. I don't know. But I really love archery. I love, like, figuring out, like, when I first got into, like, my main job as a dog groomer, like, start learning about tons of stuff about dog grooming. And then you learn, and then you just, like, absorb. And, like, that was my goal, like, when I first got into it. Like, absorb, absorb, absorb. So, like, when I get into a new hobby, like, archery is like absorb 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 like everything about archery like learning about things like foc front of center you know learning about kinetic energy learning about different draw weights and flight patterns and fletchings and arrow stiffness and broad head weights and broad head patterns and um, the different kind of tournament styles so learning you know olympic recurve and then field archery indoor th archery 3d archery um i mean it's like it's kind of crazy how many different archery platforms 
there are, and it's kind of crazy. Like almost every single one of them requires its own bow, which makes it a crazy expensive hobby. So it's like I just try to focus on, you know, I just try to get myself a single bow that I can kind of go between like an indoor three spot archery or even like the five one. So it's like just this very stagnant, you know, twenty yard shot, and then like I can still use that same bow to do like outdoor 3d archery where you uh, shoot at the foam animals and like ah, it seems that like and that has different levels to it too like there's super pro archers that you know they have unmarked so you have no idea what the yardage or the range is on the animal so you're literally guessing and then there's other ones where it's like oh it tells you pretty much where <laughs> you know you didn't need dial in your scope so it's like a lot easier like that's what i would do like i definitely probably don't have a great judge of distance and just figuring out on the fly of like, is this 20 yards or is this 23.5? Like, just that little bit of difference would be, it's like crazy how much, well, it, it kind of depends on your arrow flight again, like how f much your arrow's going to drop, like how fast is it flying. So, like, all that diffi diffi different and difficult details, like, uh, like diving into. And then, like, my other thing, like, I love golfing because I did that a ton as a kid, just over the years just it's super relaxing i love golfing i don't get to do it as much right now because it's also an expensive sport but once you have the clubs and it's not like you just have to spend the 30 to like 80 dollars depending on the high-end course fortunately like you find your local courses there can be cheap ones especially like a small par three but that can be super fun and then like i was into cycling for the and this is probably embarrassing but whatever i was got into cycling because kind of because of an anime which was what was it called Umada Peta something I can't remember what it is it was like a cycling anime I was like alright this seems like fun thought about riding to work and I totally got into it finally got my bike and I was riding 11 miles to work 12 miles 11 miles forget right around there and I'd ride home and I was like even training for a full on what they call a century ride which is a 100 mile race and uh, I was prepping for that, but unfortunately I got injured and got a concussion and shredded up my shoulder and like, so I was into that for like a good year, but not long after that because I was just kind of like the bike I had. I just didn't want to use the bike I had, just like super paranoid. And I think that was just like my autism because like I love cycling, but like I didn't trust that bike anymore and I couldn't get my head around it, so I stopped cycling. And then of course also photography. You know, love my photography and I love shooting weddings and all that which is kind of crazy when count like oh you're you have autism but you can do weddings with super high stress high you know risk scenario like it's super important to like not mess that up but it's i love shooting photos and doing all that and i did like when i first got into that deep diving like just, just researching all the different cameras from canon to nikon to sony to Fuji, which is now what I now shoot, figuring out all the, you know, the differences between the megapixels and dynamic range and then the software and computer hardware. And so I just, yeah, I get crazy into expensive hobbies because none of those are cheap. My wife, again, it's like, oh my God. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, that's just kind of getting a little bit about me and I definitely want to do more uh, podcast kind of just on anything that's kind of finding interesting um, anything that I can find because I did try to do more research on my on autism in general especially like figuring out you know what works dietarily so like I even tried 
um, keto diet and all that. And like I mentioned before, is like doing, um, you know, introducing uh, probiotic probiotics, which is really cool. When I was doing research, I um, try to kind of do research on the two ends of like the autism debate, specifically on vaccines. Like, you know, do they cause do they cause autism? Do they not? Like, I definitely sign side with that vaccines predominantly don't but there's still question marks there that people shouldn't be ashamed of asking i think vaccines are still important and that they do protect majority of the children without harm and they do majority of good but you know the system that we have in place is you know why is it going on so in question that you know when you question it you come off as a conspiracy theorist and then then you know, oh, it's conspiracies. Those are always fun to, like, figure out all the crazy minutia of it. But going back to vaccines, it's, you know, maybe it is safer to spread them out a little bit more instead of doing so many at once. Maybe, you know, what is the inflammation process that's happening in the brain that how can we disregard the correlation causation of, you know, autism happening when vaccines are being introduced? Um, I mean... I don't know. I don't even have, like, finding out, because I definitely would have to say I would highly recommend parents consider vaccines, but I'm not a parent. I don't have any intention of having kids. It's a difficult decision. I could probably predominantly say if I had a kid, they would definitely get their vaccines. Uh, I mean, but I know for a fact I'd never wanted kids, and, you know, I took care of that. You know, a little snip snap. And uh, that's a lot of information, but oh well. <laughs> uh, but you know it's not an easy decision I get why parents are scared you know you are predominantly looking for the best interest of your kid but now with everything going out that's being politicized with the stupid COVID masking and uh, social distancing it's you know nothing is um, everything's being made black and white now nothing has that middle ground of gray which especially as someone who's autistic is like I definitely get that like you definitely have the tendency to want to live in a world of black and white but I've definitely had to train myself to like maybe there is that nuance that hopefully we don't um, you know misconstrue it's like why can't we ask those questions and not be ashamed of you know questioning the authority figures make me like isn't it possible that there's just a poor communication of, you know, why something needs to be uh, a certain way. Like, if you can't explain thoroughly, you know, maybe you're not doing a good job educating the public. Maybe that's really the issue, you know. If it's really so safe, if it's really such not an issue, or this kind of pertains to any kind of idea. It's like, if your side is right, you shouldn't have a hard time explaining simply and thoroughly uh to appease anyone that has questions. The problem is time. No one wants to take the time. No, a lot of us don't have the time to do that. I mean, that's kind of what it is. So we dig our heels into these ideas and concepts and thoughts and beliefs because it's like, I don't have the time to change them, so I'm just going to stick to it because that seems to sound good to me at the moment. And so we decide to fight and argue over it. Like, okay, I get it. I love a good fight and an argument. I love just pointing out the facts because I'm definitely one that, like, oh, yeah, these are the facts. This is what I read from this scientist on this article, from this, um, 
you know, from this program that was from this institute, I 100% get that. And, you know, but the question is, like, are you blinded by not accepting that possibility that information changes? Look how many times information changed when COVID first started. It was, like, you know, mask no, mask yes. Don't go outside, go outside. Sun kills it instantly. Now everyone eats at restaurants outdoors. Like, what the heck is going on? Anyway, so I'm going to try and keep this up. It's <laughs> a weekly thing. I don't know how long. Um, but uh, I just want to hopefully keep this fun and exciting. So thanks if you uh, listen to the end. So um, if you have any questions for me, I'm definitely an open book in general. I try to be open and honest as much as possible. So feel free to, um, if you caught me at the end of this, uh, I'm definitely reachable at ballisticautisticpod at gmail.com. If you want information or questions uh, or if you have uh, literature information for me, if like I spoke on, touched on something that I sounded completely ridiculous on and you have source, like don't just email me like anything. Like have some sources attached. I'm definitely open for discussion. I'm willing to adjust my thinking on pretty much anything. Like I don't think I'm kind of married to my thoughts. I like pondering and going down these long rabbit holes of thoughts. So uh hopefully that works out so thanks so much for listening anyone and everyone and uh if you liked what you hear heard yeah if you like what you heard share with a friend if you didn't share with a friend of me either way i would love it if you shared the podcast <laughs> all right adios